God. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Well, welcome to Wednesday Night Deep Dive. Uh, good to see everybody here. If you're watching online, welcome. We appreciate you. If you're watching this tomorrow or the next day, we just love having you with us. So um, keep in mind that if you want to follow through with this, um, we have notes posted on the Version app, um, and you can just pick up your phone or your tablet and follow right along. If you don't have that and you're really saved, and, and, uh, and you have a paper Bible... <laughs> And I'd like to say thank you for joining me here on my last visit to the pulpit. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm gonna. I need to pray my way out of this. Uh, let's let's go to Genesis one and John chapter four and hold both of those. Genesis one, John chapter four. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this great church. Thank you for this Wednesday night deep dive. Lord, help me to get out from the inside what you put in there to the outside give us ears to hear and eyes to see lord god in the name of jesus we appreciate you so much everybody said amen, amen and amen amen so uh genesis chapter one john chapter number four hold both of them open if you would so whether we are saved or not, whether we're born again or not, whether we were even raised in the church or not, we know this truth. We were created in the image of God. Everybody knows that. If you grew up in this country, you know um, that we were created in the image of God. Look at Genesis chapter number one, very familiar passage. Uh, verse number 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, roll over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Question, to what degree did God create us in his image? To what degree, how extensive did he create mankind in his own image? Number one, God created a body for a man out of the substance of the planet that he would dwell on. I heard one pastor say one time that what we're living in, we, we are a, a living spirit. We are... Uh, dwelling in an earth suit. If, we, if God had created us to live on Mars, we would be wearing a Mars suit. I saw a woman in Walmart the other day. I'm not too sure what planet she was from, Dave, to be honest with you, but man, oh man, oh man. So, so God, when, when he made mankind in his image, he took the substance of the planet that man would dwell on. He took the dust of the ground. He created a vessel. Look at uh, chapter number 2 and uh, verse number 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground. He wasn't mankind yet. He made a vessel. He made a suit, a dwelling place for the man. Then God breathed into the earthen vessel. Now watch, here's my question. What was it that God breathed into the vessel? Watch. Verse 7, Then God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. I... I mentioned that to the pastor today and he said ruach 
He breathed the spirit of life into that vessel. So watch this. There stood the vessel, the earthen vessel. Nothing was alive in it. So God breathed into the vessel and the vessel, the man became a living spirit. Here's what God breathed into the vessel. He, watch, here's why we're made in the image of God. He breathed himself. He breathed himself into the vessel. And the man became the living image of God himself. Whoa. We could quit right there and have a dance, couldn't we? Uh, God breathed his own duplicate soul himself into the earthen vessel that he had formed. The Targum, which is uh, Jewish writings, we would call that uh, probably a commentary, I think would be good. Um, the Targum says this, and God breathed into the man what God was, a speaking spirit. He breathed his own spirit into the man. Now, hold your place, hold on to that, and go to John chapter number four. Have you got that? Because I don't. Hold on here a second. John chapter four. You ever notice the older you get, the thinner the pages of the Bible? Yes. John chapter 4, verse number 24. Jesus said, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Am I good enough for God to love me? Have I done enough works to go to heaven? Am I all right? before God that's trying to worship God in the flesh we are spirit we dwell in a vessel but we are spirit we are of God's own spirit now watch 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 here's what happened God formed an earthen vessel and breathed himself into that vessel into that body the being that stood before God at creation, watch, was himself. When God looked at the man, he was looking at the mirror image of himself. Mm. Man, this church is getting us past religious and into truth. Amen. Hmm? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now watch. Here's a clue to who Adam became at creation. Jesus said this. Father, I pray that they may be one with you as I am one with you. One with God. Hmm? So here's, here's what we've been learning. In Christ, we're not put under the law. The law was for what? What, what was the purpose of the law? Lead us to Christ to show us that we need him. Christ doesn't lead us to another law. He leads us to a covenant. The covenant through Christ is to return us to the original covenant that God made with Adam. Hmm? Now, I, I want to show you something. This will, this will show you how the religious law of the church has, has confused us. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and here's what he said. He said there are two Adams, A-D-A-M, two Adams in history. 
there was the first Adam and there was the last Adam, the second Adam. Jesus did not come to us as a slave. He came as God who was incarnate in an earthen vessel. Watch. Jesus was not a slave of God. He didn't come as a slave. He came as the spirit of God that was put into an earthen vessel. Are you, are you, are you getting this? Now watch. God created the first earthen vessel from the dust of the ground and he breathed his own spirit into the vessel. The second Adam came in an earthen vessel that was created in the womb of a virgin and God blew his spirit, his essence into that vessel. Jesus was not a slave. He was God himself who was breathed into an earthen vessel. Now, why have I said all this? Because, watch. Jesus was not a slave. He was God himself breathed into an earthen vessel. And God cannot make a slave out of himself. God can only have a covenant with himself. He can only have an agreement with himself, you see? So the only thing he could do with Adam was to enter a covenant relationship with him. And in that covenant, the first thing God did was to give man, who was God in earthen form, the first thing he did was give him a kingdom to rule over. Because that's who God is. That's what God does. So what God spoke to himself, now watch. What God spoke to the image of himself wasn't an announcement of slavery. It was the Barach that he spoke into covenant. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll look a Barach. All through the Bible. Abraham spoke it over his children, and it came to pass because it was a Barak. Okay. Moses spoke it, and it came to pass because it was a Barak. The Jews knew that if you spoke it over the children, it had to come to pass. It's not we hope it comes to pass. It will come to pass. It was a Barak, Okay. Now, now, watch, watch. Um, because God spoke a barach over Adam, and he said, be fruitful, multiply, and rule. You see, that was speaking the barach, a blessing, a covenant. That's why Romans 11.29 says, for the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. It can't be taken away. It's a barach, you see. It's a Barach. Look, look at your neighbor and say Barach. And see if you spit on him, okay? Hmm. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever wondered how somebody as nice as you, as good looking as you, as smart as you, as slick as you are, can get in trouble? so much as you do. Have you ever wondered that? <laughs> what if you were created? What if you were absolutely created? You were barocked. Can't get away from it. That everything you said about yourself in life was going to come to pass. Hmm? What if that was your destiny? What if, what if that was your covenant with God? I had a MGB. Unless you're a guy, you don't know what an MGB is. Yeah, yeah. Bob just did it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that thing. 
if your driveway was here and the highway was here, you're hitting 90 by the time you hit the, the highway. I mean, this thing is slick. It's just a little sports car, two-seater, man. Uh, you're going down the road, your hair's on fire. <laughs> I mean, you're doing 120 mile an hour. You are flying. A race car is designed to go fast and win races. You can use it to deliver groceries with, but that doesn't mean it's going to lose its original purpose. Hmm? Now watch. That's why Christians, when we mistake our covenant relationship with God as law, we fail to live up to our original design. How many would agree with me that the Bible says, that's the owner's manual on humanity, how many would agree with me that the Bible says that what you say is going to take place? If we really believed that, would we say some of the things that we say? Hmm? I, I knew this person, they, they would always say just dumb stuff about their house or their kids or their selves, something like that. And then they would go, oh, I, I take that back. I'm like, were you Samantha from Bewitched or something? You know, sorry, that's not going to work. You said it, it's going to happen. Huh? If we really believed it, if we would really get in this word and become word-minded, we would believe that what we say is going to come to pass and we would change the parts of our life that we don't like. Hmm? That's another subject. I'll go on. Hmm. Here's the second thing God had to do to enter into a covenant with himself. He had to give mankind a free will. God has a free will. Man is not a slave. He's a free will image of God. Look at Genesis chapter 2. In verse number 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. The Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you can eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. Watch, watch. This was not a command of slavery. Um, if if all the lights were out and there was a 20-foot hole right here, and I said to David, David, don't walk in this direction more than five feet or you will die. And David, being the ding-dong that he is, <laughs> decided, I'm going to give that a shot. And he walks up and he drops in the hole and he dies. Now, did originally did I make a slave comment to him? Nope. Did I make a mean comment to him? No, I said, David, if you do this, it's going to kill you, buddy. That's what I said. Now watch. God said, eat from anything. You've got free will. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat because in the day that you do, it's going to kill you. Yeah. He wasn't making a slave out of them. He was warning them. You see? Um, mankind is so powerful in their authority and design that at this point, of their humanity, if they would have chosen for themselves what was right and what was wrong, the whole earth would have fallen under a curse. Guess what happened when they chose what they thought would be right or wrong? How many times has God said to us, watch what you say, it'll kill you. Hmm? Watch what you say. God knew that if they did this, he would have to expel Adam from the tree of life so he wouldn't live eternally under the curse. The greatest favor, I, I heard Kenneth Copeland say this, 
The greatest favor God ever gave Adam was death. Can you imagine living as long as he would have lived by now with the curse on him? I'm 69. Look what it's done to me, David. You know? I can't imagine several thousand years in this, you know? Golly, I'd be a blob on the floor. Jody would just be scooting me around. (laughs) My goodness, there's a a visual. (laughs) God expelled Adam and Eve not to punish them, but to bring upon them eventual redemption. And we are that redemption. And that redemption brings us back to covenant with God. Go to uh, Isaiah 59. I want to show you something here. Isaiah 59. Now, Paul said that Jesus was the second Adam or the last Adam. He said there's a first and there's a last. There's a first Adam and a second Adam. So, let's keep in mind what God created and put in the garden. He put a speaking spirit, his own spirit, into an earthen vessel. Um, Now watch, I want to show you something. Oh God, get this, get this, get this. Pastor Brent is first pastor here, okay? I'm second pastor, okay? Now watch. He's first pastor, I'm second pastor. There was the first Adam, there was the second Adam. He's first pastor, I'm the second pastor. Pastor Brent does not have the authority I do. I have the authority he does. Think, 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 think. There was the first Adam, there was the second Adam. The original Adam didn't have the authority that Jesus had, Jesus had the authority that the first Adam had. Oh, get this about three o'clock in the morning, jump up in the bed and just do a hoodoo, you know? (laughs) My goodness, goodness, goodness. Um, Why, David, come on up here, come on up here. And Jody, you come on up here too, okay? Come on up here. Now, just, just before it's, it's over here, I don't have to go home with David. Jody's going to be the one going, I told you not to take me up there. Okay, now watch. Earthen vessel. Here, you get, you're too close. There's earthen vessel, earthen vessel, okay? This one was made out of the dust of the ground, okay? This one was also made out of the dust of the ground, but it was formed in the womb of a virgin, Okay? I get to be God. I've always wanted to be. So, I blow my spirit into this earthen vessel, my own spirit. So, this earthen vessel now is created. It's a speaking spirit made in my image because it's me. In this earthen vessel... I breathe my spirit. It's me. Okay? I have put my spirit in both of these vessels. Okay? Both of these vessels are themselves, but they're me. Okay? Jesus said, I pray that they be one with you just like they are one. I am one. One spirit. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Okay? Now now watch this. Watch. Let me show you. That's why this, this is the first Adam. This is the second Adam. What was breathed in to this vessel? Huh? And he became A speaking spirit. That's why whatever Jesus said came to pass. He was a speaking spirit in an earthen vessel. 
Okay? Now watch. Now watch. We're, this whole thing's about, about being in covenant and not under the law and not under slavery. So, you guys stand there for a minute. I want to hit this. How many knows that the Bible teaches extensively about mankind and the power of the tongue? Okay. Here's the covenant that God made with Adam and then made with Jesus because the same spirit and now makes with anybody that is redeemed. He made the covenant with Adam. He made the covenant with the second Adam. And he makes it with those that are redeemed. I want you to look at Isaiah 59. Here's the covenant. If you say to the church, what kind of a covenant do we have? What would, what would they say? Blood covenant. That's what, that's what they say. No, that's not, that's not correct. We do have a covenant that was made by blood. That's how a covenant is made. It's made by blood. Okay, but watch. Watch this. Isaiah 59, verse 21. God says, as for me, this is my covenant with them that is made by blood, says the Lord. My spirit, which is upon you, and my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor the mouth of your offspring's offsprings, says the Lord from now and forever. So God says, here's the covenant. It's always been the same covenant. You have rulership. Whatever you say will happen. Oh, you're me too. You have rulership. Whatever you say will happen. Oh, me too. I have rulership. Whatever I say will happen. That's the covenant, okay? You guys stay where you're at. <laughs> watch, this, this is, watch this. The covenant position of mankind is so powerful. Did you know that even redemption had to be spoken by a man before it could happen? Watch, 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 watch. Isaiah 59 Verse 16, and God saw that there was no man and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness upheld him. There was no man. Man is so powerful that only a man could say to God, forgive them because they do not know what they do. Only a man. Hold on, guys. I'm going to be right back to you. <laughs> go, go to Hebrews chapter number 6. Hebrews 6. Are, are you getting anything out of this? Okay. Hebrews chapter 6. Um, so Galatians tells us that those who believe are what? Come on. You guys have been in this, this covenant, huh? Those who believe will be saved. But those who believe are heirs according to the promises, the Abrahamic covenant. When we believe, we are part of the Abrahamic covenant. Here's the guarantee of the promise. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 13. Watch. For when God made the promise. Hold on, guys. For when God made the promise to Abraham, and Galatians say that if we believe we are heirs of Abraham, and heirs according to the covenant. When God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one. Oh, God, get this. Since he could swear by no one greater. He swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply you. Now watch. 
Mm. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise, for by men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath was given of confirmation that ends all dispute. Now watch. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise his unchangeableness and his purpose. Now watch. Look what we just read. God desires us to know what we have in the promises. Man, religion has been teaching us this. You miss up. My mother, when I was like seven years old, we never went to church. But here's one thing she told me, and I never forgot. God will get you. Yep. It's like, do we know him? Yeah. Oh, he'll get you. But the word says, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs the promises of the unchangeableness of his purpose. Watch. Watch. God's got to make a brand new covenant so that you and I can inherit the original covenant that he made with Abraham, the covenant of mankind. So he's going to do a covenant and swear to it based on something that can never be changed. He took himself and breathed into mankind. And then when they fell, he took himself and breathed into mankind again. Okay? Now, Jody, you're going to turn into God. Okay? You're going to turn. You're, you're now God. You're not the first Adam anymore. You're the second Adam. So he's going to make an agreement. He's going to make a covenant. And he said, I'm going to swear it by myself. God represents himself. And he said, I swear it. I swear it. This vessel, who is God, in the form of Jesus, who represents man, swears it too. And then cuts the blood covenant with himself to make it real. So God makes a covenant with himself. He said, because I have nobody greater to swear by, I'll just swear by myself. The covenant is made. It is unchangeable. It is unbreakable. It was made in blood. See? Okay, good. Sit down. How, how on earth can we continue to live thinking God hates me, God doesn't like me, I can't have anything that he has promised to me, when he has made a covenant that he made with himself and was willing to shed blood in the vessel that he put himself in to get us to have these things. You see? Hmm. Watch. God remained God and the Father to represent himself. Then God became God and the Son to represent man. Look at Hebrews 2. Go, go to verse number, chapter number 2. Verse 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. So God, here's two sides of the covenant. God remained God the Father. And then he became God the Son at the same time and made a covenant with himself on our behalf. Go, last, last scripture. Go to uh, Hebrews 9. We've got some handouts for you. Uh, you'd do well to go home and just study them. 
This can boggle the brain, can it? But I, I want to say something. This, this can boggle our brains, but that's exactly the reason. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble over this one. That's exactly the reason the church is in the shape it's in right now because we have allowed uneducated fools to get in the pulpit and spout off anything and it sounded right to our flesh even though it was detrimental to us and we called that religion. I heard somebody say, it was a revival, I loved it, man, I cried, I weeped. I... Really? I cried and I weeped and I felt bad. One guy said, I apologize for stuff I never did. I was just so emotional. My goodness. Mm, 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 mm. God said, by myself, I have sworn. God stood on both sides and swore the covenant. We have lived with a sin mentality in a place where we're supposed to hear that we are now sinless. Hmm? And we've been willing to put up with that. A sin mentality. I mean, we talk sin. Mm. We just, we preach sin. We stomp and scream and sweat and yell. And we are so, we're in the church. We're the body of Christ. We are righteous in him. We are sinless in his sight. And all we do is talk about sin. Hmm? We're saved with the lost mentality. What if we became covenant-minded? And what if we became covenant speakers? We are speaking spirits that lives in an earthen vessel. What if we became covenant-speaking-minded? What if we were just dangerous enough to lose our sin mentality? Look at, look at Hebrews, last scripture, uh, chapter 9. Verse 9. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood he entered the holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption what is confusing about that what isn't good news about that you see we need to become freedom in the blood of Jesus minded we need to be filling our mind with the word of God we need to be speaking the word of life minded uh, who in here is saved who in here is born again that means that you Jeff are one spirit with the Lord you are an earthen vessel that God breathed his own spirit into you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Hmm? You are a creature that contains, your body contains the spirit of the living God. Man. And God said, this is the covenant I've made with you. Through blood, this is the covenant I've made with you. 
my words that I put in your mouth. Mm. And then the words that come out of your mouth. And you teach your children, you teach your children's children, and forever and ever and ever. And whatever you say, speaking spirits shall be yours. Amen? Amen and amen and amen. Amen. It was short, so I got you. got something? All right. Come on, Elizabeth, a little bit here. Um, two things. Uh, I want to say this because it's what jumped up in my spirit because I stepped out when I stepped back in. He was saying things. He did not say that we don't sin. Okay? We do. We're good at it. But you know what that is? That is us willingly breaking covenant with God, digging up things that are buried, that we have already been forgiven of, that we've already been eliminated from our lives, and choosing to play with a dead thing. That is absolutely. And so what we've done in our Western religion that does not understand covenant we have spent so much of our time preaching against telling people to quit playing with dead things. You all have kids. If you go out here and your kids are picking up a dead bird, what's the first thing you say? <laughs> Drop it. Don't touch that. Same thing with God. And, and it's not that you're trying to punish them it's not that they're trying to put them in some kind of slavery to obedience. It's that the dead thing you're playing with may hurt you. <laughs> and you are willingly breaking covenant with me as your father that says, I am going to protect you. I'm going to provide for, oh, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you everything that you need to, to live life that is great. Just don't do. And so they look at you like most kids often do. We we'll still want to pick up this thing. We willingly break covenant with God by playing with those dead things. He still sees us. My kids, they do that thing. Your kids would do that stuff. And you're still going to love them. You're still going to protect them. You're still going to provide for You don't look at your kids and say, I'm not going to feed you for three weeks because you picked up that dead thing. But that's what we tell people God does. I'm going to quit being your father because you decided to pick up a dead thing and play with it. You broke covenant with me. I've got to not get into next week. <laughs> I've already threatened him, don't you dare. <laughs> We choose to break that covenant and play with old sin, things that should be removed from our life, when he still sees you as sinless, but we're out here juggling dead birds, picking up things that is only going to hurt us. And yet, so what's the church done? Their answer to that is let's preach against all the dead birds. <laughs> Are you here? Let's preach against all the dead birds. All those sins. Rather than train up a people who understand that they're in covenant with God, that sin has been removed from their life, and they don't have... Let me tell you something. People sin a whole lot less when they realize that they have overcome sin and it no longer has power in their life. My goodness, folks. Do we, still, do we still play with the dead things? I wish we didn't, but we do. But when God says, hey, you're willingly. It's not that he's being uh, uh, abusive or judgmental or anything. 
It's just like, there it is. It's dead. It's not good for you. And we still willingly. Now, does that mean he quits loving me? Nope. Eventually, though, one case of uh, avian flu would hopefully make me not play with the bird. There are consequences to the things that we do. But we've, 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 we've been so much of our time preaching on the dead things that we've not taught the victory over the dead. Man, thank you. Thank you. And that's what it's about. Second thing is he said man had to speak redemption over humanity. That's why Jesus, when he said, Father, forgive them, as a human, he was declaring freedom. Forgive them. He didn't say when they do everything right, forgive them. He didn't say when they get it perfect and they're, they're no longer making the mistakes and they're, they're no longer playing with the dead stuff, then forgive them. He looked into the future and cried, Father, forgive them. See, we think he's talking about all the people around the cross that day. And that men they looked at each other at the same time and started to say this. Why do you think it was so important that when the Jews were offered the difference or offered the choice of Barabbas and Jesus, their very words was his blood be on us and our children. They were prophetically declaring salvation over their own self. They were saying, that blood, give us that blood. They were saying, give us that blood. See, we think it was some kind of murderous act. It was a prophetic declaration over their whole nation. It was a prophetic declaration over that whole nation. They were saying, give us that blood. It was man crying out over humanity. His blood be on us and our children. An unbreakable covenant. Ha. Anyhow, that's just some things that jumped up in my spirit while we were going. If you want a copy, uh, if you want study notes, you say, I take these home. Has these been helpful to anybody? Come on, baby. Well, I hope so. Uh, that's, we knew this series was deep. We knew this series, and so we started doing this. So if you want a, a, a study sheet, uh, Rachel's got it. Lift your hands. She'll make sure you get it. Some of you may have already picked it up because you knew it was coming. But this is for tonight only. So you say, well, I've got the study sheets before. Those study sheets before don't count. We're doing them every week. So by the time this is over, whenever Holy Spirit says it, you'll have several. And uh, matter of fact, I think, I don't, while she's doing that, I don't think your first one, we did this. Uh, send me those notes and I'll make sure we get one for that too. Uh, anyhow, just some things that jumped up in my spirit uh, today. Folks, you realize you're in a covenant with God. We willingly break that covenant. We go outside that covenant protection when we go out here and play with the dead things. What if we said, you know what? I don't have to live in the danger of that dead thing. So I'm going to let that sin go and realize I'm in a covenant with God. Come on. Sunday morning, 10 a.m., big stuff happening here. Uh, everybody stretch your hands to Pastor Dave right now. Dave, he's on that side, Rachel. He's preaching at uh, the Four Square Church on Sunday. Listen, we are spreading out. You all don't know what all is happening yet. The harvest is spreading out all over this county. Because he's going as harvest. His name is Dave Kissinger. But as an elder here and as a member here, he's going as harvest. He represents us. 
I'll be preaching. Here, I'll just tell you. Just put your hands down for a minute. So your arms don't get tired. And Pastor Ted will be talking about this because there's about 90 some people that's not in here. I'll be preaching at another place on Sunday in, the, in town. We are spreading out this weekend into three different places. Harvest is actually going to have three services all over this county. <laughs> you say, well, who's preaching here? Zach will be preaching here Sunday morning. Our own youth guy. He'll be here. Do not miss just because I'm not here or because Pastor Dave's not here. I want you here because we are going if we're going to say we're going to take a city, we have to go out into it before we take it. Amen? So we're spreading out this weekend. We're doing it intentional. It's a community thing. We're going to go out into the community. Quit talking about it and do it for once. Amen? He thinks he's going as David Kissinger. He's not. He's going as David Kissinger, elder of Harvest Christian Fellowship. And he's going into another, I'm not preaching in a church. I'm preaching in an open air place. <laughs> and we're going to take the gospel. Amen. Now put your hands toward him. <laughs> Father, I thank you for the word that's burning in him right now. I thank you for the words that's burning in Zach right now. I thank you, Father, that you are building up and doing a great thing in this area. And as we hit all different places in this area this week, Father, I thank you that this area is changed. I thank you that it's molded and made into your image, that we tell people that they have victory in Christ and they don't have to keep playing with the dead things. So, Father, let his words burn and let him be like Jesus was when he walked on the road to Emmaus. They said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he spoke and I thank you Father that you're filling Zach with those words, you're filling Pastor Dave and myself with those words and this area will see the gloriousness of God in Jesus name, Amen